You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. At America Trends, we only talk about what your social media says is trending, so let's get right back to it. Has there ever been a more divided era than there is today? From politics to this horrific racial divide? Well, joining me in the studio tonight is the author of the book, The Divided Era, Forbes columnist, and he's also the former chairman of the California GOP, Tom Del Bacaro is here. Hi, thanks Great for to have you here on. tonight. So let's talk about it. Let's get right into it. You wrote this book about the divided era. This atmosphere goes all the way back to the founding fathers, Tom. Yeah. What's the story? Political division isn't isn't necessarily new, certainly not. I mean, anytime government's deciding a big issue, you're going to have these fights. And we've had some big issues. The Civil War is the most divided, obviously, we ever were. We decided things with guns, not ballots. The revolution was very divisive, so even adopting the Constitution. We have a different kind of division today. Today, our division isn't driven just by issues, but it's driven by the fact that government now is half the economy. Either spending or the cost of regulations, our reaction to is now half. That means half of the society, half the economy is supporting themselves and the other half. There's a competition for the six trillion in spoils. So we're competing American on American to get that money, competing not to be taxed. All these fights, winners and losers. And then when, what's happening also, and this is, I know you want to talk about Dallas. The economy is ground to a halt. We have grown 2% over the last decade. Europe, it's been even longer. That's not enough to have jobs. And so what increase in jobs sufficient for a growing country. So now what we get is what I call the exchange of economic competition for social competition. Now classes are pitted against each other as the pie is fixed. So again, we have social competition trumping, pun intended, economic <laughs> competition. And if we don't restore growth, we're going to descend into pretty vicious class warfare you see from Ferguson to Dallas, but you know, rich versus poor, these are all things that happen when things stagnate. Part of Brexit is very much the fact that England has only been growing at 2% for about 15 years. And then last year they had the most immigration ever. So a bunch of people coming in competing for government services and jobs and it broke the camel's back. All right, let's go back to something you just touched on. We've got President Obama going to Dallas after this terrible tragedy. George Bush gave one of the best speeches I've ever heard him give. Of course. And Obama started out with a great speech yes. about the fallen. And then somehow he segued, and by the way, the rumor is he wrote the whole speech himself. And it became a speech on racism, where the racism that I know about is a crazy black guy wanted to kill as many white guys as he could if they yes. were cops. Yes. So there was the racism, and yeah. yet Obama talked about a different kind of racism. Talk about that. Well, of course, Obama has never been the president of all the people. I mean, that's just a, that's just a sad fact. He has been an activist who got to be president, and he never understood your president for all the people. So he was writing in his mind 
R-I-G-H-C-I-N-G, righting wrongs from the past instead of building bridges to the future. And that's who he is. And he's a captive of his past. He doesn't understand history. He doesn't understand the importance of a growing economy. So he's there in his mind, I'm going to right wrongs. That's why he consistently sides against the police or doesn't say much on their behalf. And he always talks about the downtrodden. Of course, as president, he should care about the downtrodden. But you have to have the right balance. And you also have to understand that if you don't have a growing economy, then people's angst builds over time. So there's this story, Tom, that he was going to, he was asked to light the White House in blue, to yeah. honor the men in fallen yes. uh, in, in blue. And, and it didn't happen. Why not? Again, he's an activist. He wants to focus on, look, take the immigration case at the Supreme Court. He didn't talk about separation of powers like the, the courts did. He talked about, I'm an immigration activist and you've ruined the policy. For him, it's always about the ideology and the policy. And his policy is not law enforcement. By the way, this is the biggest opening of the campaign, the cleanest, biggest opening for Trump. I'm the law and order candidate that will clean up the mess. So he doesn't want to clean up the mess. He can't afford to side against the left because that's not, a, he doesn't, that's not in his bones. Actually bringing people together, he's never had to do it in his life, so he doesn't know how to do it. It's like someone watching golf on TV and then picking up a club. Yeah, you kind of know it, but that first swing's ugly. <laughs> well, we've had eight years of ugly. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. So Trump and Hillary. What's coming next on this issue? Is, is Hillary going to have, if, if she's in, is she four more years of Obama's divisiveness and racism and us against them or them against us mentality? Well, Hillary's a Solinsky activist as well. So, and she's actually never done anything that created consensus. She wasn't a governor. She didn't build a business. She has, from her days in Watergate when she got fired, she too is someone that has spent a career being an activist instead of actually building something. So her inclusiveness in her campaign spiel, is, just campaign spiel? Is carpetbagging coming into town. Look at this. She has no track record of building anything. It, the Republicans will hold the Senate. The Republicans will hold the House. We'll have four years of stagnation. Are you sure about that? I'm sure of it. We're going to have four <laughs> years of stagnation, and she's going to play the us and them card instead of building a consensus. She's not as good as her husband. Her husband put in targeted tax cuts and, and gave concessions. She doesn't like concessions. She likes closed door meetings. Okay, so. She likes private email servers, not public. Boy, we know that. And her husband likes meetings on the tarmac with the attorney general. If Trump picks Pence, yes. how does that affect this issue? Or does it? Um, Mike Pence is a serious choice. He was my pick for president back in 2014. I actually said to him, Mike, if you run, I will be your California volunteer chair. Uh, I said that to him when I met with him in New York. Uh, he says this is Trump's first big decision. It's a serious decision and it shows he cares about governance over politics. Well, let's stick around. We're going to have you back for the next segment. And by the way, Mike Pence, yes or no, tune in tomorrow morning. And maybe it's been delayed till Monday, but we're going to find out whether Tom's right, whether his pick gets picked or not. 
Come back right after this. Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.